Okay, everyone. Hi, how are we doing? Um, today, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, I said, uh, jump starting your speaking career, right? And stuff you can do in the time of COVID that's still going on. Uh, and it's actually, you know, it's kind of interesting. I did, a, I, I did go off on a tirade today on my, while I was talking, because, uh, because actually I watched a video of a guy who's a big time um, weightlifting coach for like, you know, power lifters. And what he said, what drove him crazy is a lot of people, you never hear of them until they have a product to sell. Once they have a product to sell, they're all over the internet, right? Selling their product, right? And, uh, and there's, you can say that's good or bad. It's a different world. It's just what it is. I mean, those of us here, if you're in the hypnosis NLP coaching world, God knows, have we not seen that, especially as COVID kept going up, there's all these experts, you know, and not to sound arrogant, but I'm, I've been around this for 36, seven years, give or take. And a lot of my friends have been around a long time. I would, I'm always going, who are these people? You know, yeah, it's like, uh, so it's kind of interesting, but they're doing a few things right. They're leveraging, you know, how Facebook works, how how people actually think, right? Which we got to remind ourselves, most people don't think. I hate to sound that way. They react, right? They'll see a thing going, I've been the world's number one NLP trainer for the last five years. I'm like, interesting. What's the metric for that? Other than I'm the world's, I put it on my stuff, but that, I'll admit it's just this, you just, you can say whatever you want. So it's kind of interesting, right? Um, and it's never going to end. It's never going to end, right? And unfortunately, what breaks my heart, I've known several people that have spent like six to $10,000 on coaching courses, okay? Because they're going to show you how to get big time, high ticket clients. And I don't want to be the guy to, to rain on anyone's parade because I'm a positive, motivated person. I say, well, I'll bet you at the end, they're going to tell you, here's what you do. You create your own course on how to sell big ticket items and start your ad campaign. And two of the three, that's pretty much what it was. One seemed pretty legit, uh, but on a follow-up, I said, so are you making good money at this? He goes, I, I can't sell it at the price they say. You know, but I see that in the hypnosis world, to be honest with you. There's people out there saying, I'll show you how to make $600 a session for one stop smoking session. And it's like, really? You know, he goes, I guarantee it. So I always ask, what's your guarantee? You know, and then you find out a lot of times there's no guarantee on the back end. They'll just say that, right? And some of it's also based on where people are. The person, one person I'm thinking of, he's a nice person. I like him, but he's in, he's in the, San Francisco Bay Area, which has a slightly different higher per capita income than other parts of the country. So 600 bucks in San Francisco is much different than 600 bucks in Southwest Florida for most people. Not all, but for most, right? So anyway, I just, I find that interesting. But anyway, so how do we jumpstart our careers, right? If you want to be a speaker. Well, I think the basic, especially within our field, now, if you're going to take it outside, that's that's different. I'll do a call on that maybe next week or the week after, right? Uh, but even like I would say, even if you're going to take it out there, for us, it's pretty easy to begin to build it inside of our little profession, if you will, 
you know, the hypnosis NLP slash coaching world, right? And and I've seen people duplicate it over and over again because, you know, I know Billy's known me for uh, for uh, 20 something years. And, 23, uh, 24 years, but who's 23, counting? 23, 24 years. A few other people know me for a while. Carolyn going on 10. Um, and I always say, look, here's how you do it, right? Here's how you do it. You go to every damn hypnosis conference you can go to and, and, and speak. You submit and speak, right? You just show up everywhere. You're like, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, there were a few guys, um, uh, uh, Peter, Peter Bloom, and oh God, the other guys just fell out of my head. Um, but he re he passed away. But anyway, they, uh, we'd be at these conferences, and people say you guys are like bad pennies. You turn up everywhere, right? You're you're at every conference, right? And it, it works. It gives you the, you start meeting people, you never know what's going to go and you, and it gives you the practice of speaking, right? The people want to jump out and do a big kind, big time seminar. You know, that's like taking a lead in a, four, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a major motion picture or a lead on Broadway and you've never done it before. That it, it, it usually doesn't end well, right? It usually does not end well. Right. Um, and so, so, you know, so speak everywhere you can. And, you know, there's right now we have an advantage because almost all the conferences and there seems to be a conference every other day because other people are jumping in, offering more conferences because they think there's a lot of money in it. They don't realize that trying to run a conference is a total pain. Right. First of all, you got to deal with guys like me. Right. And and bigger egos and it's like it, and every oh it's horrible. But you know, but and also too, um, when you start showing up at the conferences, uh, either virtual or that, you it begins to leverage different things. I got a couple of things cooking from a conference I did. I just I just did it fit my schedule. And since we're doing them on Zoom or pre-recording them and sending them in, it's not that hard to do. Right. It's not that hard to do. And you can watch. And the other good thing about, you know, signing up or, 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 or offering to speak is um, it gets the conference for free. Right. But they don't pay you to go do it, but at least your conference is free. You know, uh, I don't think I've paid. I think I've paid for one National Guild of Hypnotists conference in my life. Right. And that was the first one. Every other one year after that, I taught. Right. Uh, and then that leveraged, because when I started, the guild was the only game in, pretty much the only game in town, and it led to all the other conferences, right? The only the only conferences I've paid for in the last uh, 30 years are the, the psych conferences I've been to, the APA, the FPA, Florida Psych Association, uh, the uh, NADAC, those conferences. And even a couple of those, I went free because I offered to speak, and I got to speak at those conferences. But, but when you're there... Um, the mistake I see people make is, especially the first few years, is not being in every possible room you could be in, right? And not listening to the, who seems to be drawing? Because I was talking to somebody at the Guild a few years ago, and they go, well, if you want to do this, what would you suggest? I said, well, look, you know, walk around 
and see which room is full. See who's drawing and then go and see what that person's doing to get people to show up, right? And what, what it does is it, you begin to see like, wow, there's all kinds of uh, different styles you can have, you know? You could be, you could be gargarious and outgoing and goofy. Um, I, I'm self-disclosing there, right? Or you can be very studious and um, analytical and just, right? I mean, and there's an audience for each, you know, but it's like, so you could go and see, see what's going on. And then you find out which, basically what you're doing is we say in, in if you want to be an actor, you got to figure out what's your type, you know, what's your type, right? What would you, what would be your type? Not that you couldn't do all the other acting, but what, when people glance at you, what's your type? What fits your personality? Because that's the easy, you think it's the easiest to do, but it's really not. But so you go and you go to the conferences and you see that, you know, from like, um, um, like Jason Lynette, right? Kind of, kind of serious, kind of like he kids around, but it's a different kind. He's very organized. He's very this, this, and this. And, and then you jump into another room like Dan Candell. I think of those two guys because they're in the same age group. And he's like, he's a little bit, I use the term loosey goosey because I'm old, but he's like, he's up there. He's, and he's, they're both very good and they both draw great at a conference, right? So then if you go and you start watching all these trainers, you start figuring out, well, what fits my personality? Because then that's easier for you to train that way. I cannot train very, you know, the, the very analytically, I, I can, but it's a pain and it, it, it's a lot of work for me to pull it off where I'm very, you know, this, 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 and this, right? The only time I've done that is when I, when I taught at site conferences. And, they, and then even half, and then halfway through, I'm still just, then I'm just, I'm off book and I'm doing what I do. But but so you could see begins to draw. And I even did that when I went to the site conferences. I would go and I, you know, there'd usually be two or three rooms here in Florida, especially the Florida site conference. There'd be two or three rooms going on. Um, and I was there to get CEUs, to be honest with you. I didn't really care what I was taking. I was just there to, you know, get my ticket punched. And so I would look at which room was full and then I'd go in there and sit and see what, A, what are people interested in? Because there's two things going on when the when the room's full is a it's either a great topic that that draws people's interest or it's a great speaker. Either way, you've won. If it's a great topic, you're like, well, this is what people want. Maybe I should. Can I teach that? Can I? Does that? Do I have anything different to give in that? You know. Um, and, and that's the same, whether it's the hypnosis stuff, the NLP coaching, or even the psych world. You know, the last couple of psych ones I did, the, the biggest rooms were um, how to transition to a cash practice, how to get out of the, the billing insurance and this and that. Those rooms were full, right? Because, you know, a lot of the, the lay people, not to pick on lay people, but uh, a lot of the lay people goes, oh, I wish we could collect insurance. And I'm like, no. No, you don't want to collect insurance. It sounds good, you know. Every year it goes. To, I think this year it went down five percent, right? What they pay you. Well, Medicare went down five percent. Then when Medicare drops, everybody else drops, right? And so I could tell you this: like a few years ago, when I was when I was running when I was doing stuff at nursing homes, I was getting eighty dollars a con per contact and forty for a group. And when I left a few years after that, it was down to $60 contact and 30 
20, 25 to 30 per group member, right? And then they also changed the rules, but it was like, it just kept, and I, it's not ending. My friends that still do that, or people I know that do it say, nope, it's, you know. Um, so anyway, back to the other topic. So when you're in a conference and you're like, so what, what topic is interesting to people, right? And then once you sit down, you know, it's, it's either the topic or it's the, it's the speaker. The speaker can draw, right? Maybe they, and, and what is it about that speaker, right? And then if you go to several conferences, you'll see the same speakers draw more people. So either they're very good at what they do, you know, uh, which that's why they're duplicating it and they have full rooms. Uh, a guy that used to always pretty much pack a room was Jerry Kine, right? And he pretty much did the same shtick every time, you know, and, and him and I talked about that, right? But it was like, you know, he was fun. He was gargarious. He knew his stuff. That's the other thing, right? And when you start, they always say that um, when you start, the best way to really master a subject is to start teaching it. So you start, you start teaching it because you think people may ask questions. And those of us that go to several conferences, we've seen people that get up and talk and it's pretty obvious pretty quickly. They have no clue what they're doing. You know, they're just, they, they're just, yeah. So, so when you go there and you, and that, and so, so what you want to do is go to all these conferences because it begins to build you out your speaking. It's practice, it's stage time, right? Yeah, there, you can't duplicate stage time. That, that I firmly believe you can't duplicate that, right? Um, if you want to, yeah, the professional speakers speak a lot. And they talk about they get good after they begin to speak a lot, right? And I transition, I'll always refer back to other things I know. It's like acting. You could take classes for five years, but until you get in a play or you get on a movie set, it's much different when you're stepping into the real world, right? Some of your skills will transcend, trans, transcend, will, will transfer, right? But you got to get the you got to get the stage time. You got to get the, the 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 set time. Then you begin to learn. And for speakers, you need to practice speaking, right? And it begins to lower your stress level. You know, um, somewhat. You should still have a little bit of stress when you speak. Um, so, and right now with all these conferences going on um, and more on the horizon, um, you should be reaching out. Uh, and offering to speak at whichever one you can. And again, if it's virtual, it, it's nothing out of your pocket, right? And the last time I talked to a bunch of people about doing that, people would say, well, I don't wanna go, I don't wanna go speak for free. I want them to pay me, right? And I'm like, that's like people saying, you know, I don't wanna practice, but I wanna play in the NFL. There, there's certain steps you gotta do to get to that level where people may start paying you to show up. You know, and generally conferences across the board don't really pay you to show up to speak. You know, not even most of them that I know, and I've done a couple, they, even the keynotes, it's more of an ego thing, but it builds your speaking resume. So once you get one or two, and then when you apply, apply to teach at these other ones, you could do that. You know, when I taught at one of the site conferences, uh, is talking to some people there. They go, oh, I'm, you know, never seen you before. And I go, yeah, it's the first time I ever 
trying to submit to speak. And they go, well, they usually don't take first time speakers at the, at the conference. You know, it's, it's harder to become a first time speaker, right? And I said, well, I don't know, but you know, the person, when they asked me, when they told me I could do it, uh, they'd never heard of the National Guild of Hypnotists or the International Association of Counselors and Therapists or the Southwest, whatever that thing I used to talk at, you know, but it, they knew I could probably speak, you know, and a few of them were on videotape. And I said, well, if you want, if you want, I can send you a video of, of me giving a talk, right? And this tags into the last thing, when you're speaking, the one thing, and I'm guilty of not doing this, so now I'm talking without doing, so I will admit that, right, is you should videotape yourself at every talk that you do, right? And, um, you know, and you could do like a couple people we know in our profession, I've done it a few times, you set a nice camera up, you videotape it, then you have it edited, guess what, now you have a product, you could, or a giveaway. Here's me speaking at HypnoThoughts, right? And so you could take the videotape and, and do that. Um, most conferences will not say anything, right? The only time they will say anything is if they're videotaping you in that room. And even then, I've had this happen at an organization that remained nameless, National Guild. I'm like, I'm still videotaping it for myself. Well, you know, I said, well, then, you know, fine, fine. I just won't talk, you know, I just doesn't bother me either way, which is pretty arrogant statement. I said, no, and, and some of it every once in a while, I used to videotape myself more um, to watch myself and, and critique it a couple weeks after the talk, right? To look at it and go, oh, why did I do this? Why did I do that, right? But again, if you start speaking at these conferences, and you videotape it. The other thing that's really cool, if you videotape yourself at a conference and you show up with a, it doesn't have to be a fancy thing. You could, heck, now your iPhones will make a great recording, right? But if, if someone's recording you giving a talk and they can scan the room, that is leverage when you go to market it. Because now you're speaking and they can show a room. You know, if you, it, it doesn't matter. You could have 20, 30, 40. If you're at a bigger conference, might have 100 people in the room. It looks good for you as a speaker, right? And then you can leverage that out, you know? Somewhere I've got one where I spoke in, um, in Malaysia at the, it sounds eerie when I say it, it was called the New World Order, the NWO, right? But it was a marketing group. It had nothing to do with world domination, but you know, it was, it was fun, but it was fun to video, they videotaped it and gave me a copy. That was pretty cool because there was, 1,400 people in the audience. It was one of the bigger groups I've talked to, right? And um, if I could, I, I was starting to leverage that into other speaking engagements, right? Because it looks, you know, if somebody can see you up in front of a room in a couple hundred or, or this or that, you know? And I never went after that market like some of my friends, like Kevin Hogan and that. But if you were going after corporate speaking, you need those videotapes are, are you need those because they may ask for one and then you could just send them one. You know, and I, I know that's what Kevin did. He'd record him. So he record himself at the guild all the time. Uh, he'd have other people record him. Right. 
And then uh, he started leveraging those when he started speaking corporately. People would reach out and he'd send them, well, here's, here's, here's my style. Here's what I talk about, you know? And uh, I haven't talked to him since he got remarried, but um, we were talking and he said, what was ironic to him, and, and, and this is why I'm stressing it, is how many people would watch his, the talk he gave at the Guild, unlike subconscious, whatever he used to call his thing, mind maps or whatever it was. And then he goes, they'd hire him just say, and say, we want that talk. Just change it so it's not for hypnotists, it's for, you know, uh, 3M was one of his big clients for a while, right? When they were still around. Um, so you have these, you know, our, he spoke at a couple of the big uh, national insurance organizations, okay? And it was the same talk. He actually filmed at the National Guild, pretty much, you know? And then he got the, because two bookers for conferences or for the, for corporate speaking, you know, they, they really like it if they know what they're getting in advance. Right. So they see you speak and they'll somebody will say this. I want this talk. I want this talk. Right. This is what I want. The la last one I talked at like that was on. Um, and it was a basic NLP thing, how logical levels work in the outside world and in the inside world and how you can use that if you're a marketer. I forget the talk, but it was like it was pretty easy to do. And they're like, yeah, just talk about that. You know, 35 minutes. They paid me a thousand dollars. Right. To do it. It's like, okay, we could do that, right? So you so you could begin to package it and then you send it off. And and that's what, uh, because the corporate bookers are terrified you're going to show up and not be good, right? Because they're getting, you know, their boss is looking at them to, to produce. It's the same for my friends that do sta uh, stage hypnosis for co colleges. The guys that book the stage hypnotist for colleges, these why do they why is Jim Wan done Ball State University for 33 years? Right? 33 years, except for last year because of COVID. Other than that, and he's back this year, right? Why? I think it's Ball State. It's one of the ones in Indiana. They know what they're getting. You know, they know what they're getting. And it's the it's the old analogy in show business, is it's easy. You can't get hired till you get a break, but you can't get a break until you get hired, right? So that's, that, that's you know, just to put it into, I, I like talking about theatrical things. If you ever watch movies like Hallmark, anybody here ever watch like Hallmark or Netflix movies or any of those? You see, do you not see the same actors over and over again in different, slightly different, not the leads, screw the leads, that's different. But like the guy playing the shopkeeper, this, this week he's a shopkeeper. Next next movie you see him, he's the police chief, or it's she's the principal, and then best friend. These people, because the producers and directors know you can do the job. That's all they're worried about, right? And so if you want to be a speaker, you got to get that 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 shtick down about speaking. And now with COVID going on, you know you want to. Uh, uh, if you're doing a a virtual conference like in a few weeks of teaching at IACT, you want to make sure that you get a video of you teaching even at a, at a virtual conference. Because that, if that's the way it's going to go in the future, and it may, that may be the whole future of conferences, maybe primarily, you know, uh, virtual, 
So you want to show people, yes, you can use the internet. Yes, you can do that. There's, uh, I know the uh, NGH is having some, they're going to do a virtual conference this year. And that's one, of, from what I understand, that's one of their issues is a lot of our trainers may not be comfortable with doing virtual conferences. You know, and I was, they were asking me and I said, I don't know if you really pay attention to your people. A lot of us have been doing conferences all over for a long time. Just because you guys haven't doesn't mean it's not out there, right? And so, you know, I know they're they're going to announce it. I think this week, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so, and there could be an opportunity because there may you know they're supposed to take people that were going to speak last year at the National Guild and move them over. But I know from talking to one of the well, Elsom, he says not everybody's going to want to do it. You know, they may, they, so there may be, there's openings, right? And so speak everywhere you can. And yes, it costs money, especially when you go back to live conferences, right? Um, I think it was 97. I counted, I went to 10 conferences in a year, right? I was like, I was somewhere, right? National Guild, Mid Chicago used to have two, Mid America, Midwest. Of course, those were my neighborhood back then. There, I spoke down to Jerry Kine's thing in Florida. Um, Sean Longacre, who's dead now, I think. But anyway, he was in Arizona. I spoke at his. Uh, Gil Boyne's out in California. I was bouncing all over the country. It cost me a lot of money. I will not hide that because they weren't. The conference was free. Everything else costs, right? But how it what it gave me is my first trip to India was from speaking at a conference where I was ready to cry because it wasn't a very big conference and I'm sitting there going, this sucks, this is horrible, right? But, you know, if you're, if you're gonna do this, you always give your best no matter what, right? You always give your best no matter what. So I was doing my shtick and this person comes up and goes, you know, hey, uh, uh, they bought my product, which was nice. They bought my basic practitioner and they go, would you, would you be open to traveling? And I said, well, yeah, what do you mean? And that one thing led to another. Four months later, I'm in Bombay, India, teaching in front of 200 people, right? And it was just because I was at that conference and, you know, and I met the person and if I hadn't have been there, I wouldn't have met him, right? And it wasn't like a guy that's book speakers. He was just, he was, he spent half his year. He was a, he was into what Billy's into meditation and all that stuff in India. So he'd spend a lot of time in India and he knew they were, they wanted more on hypnosis and NLP. This was, I think my first trip to India was 95. Right. And so, but it led to that. That's how I got to New Zealand. That's how I got to all the other places was just being at some small conference, meeting somebody and it builds out from there. Right. And so, yes, it's spending money out, out of your pocket. Right. But, you know, what, what do you spend to learn a profession? You know, we're lucky in hypnosis, NLP and coaching on the lay side because the entry level is very low on, on dollar wax. Right. Even if you spend a few thousand on your training, it's still, you know, I could ask Billy, what did he pay for his uh, master's in psych? Right. It's probably you know, I spent about a hundred grand on mine, I think, something like that. And that was back in the early 90s, right? And so, so you know, you got to do your inter. And I look at it when I started doing it, and, you know, um, 
I would tell people it was kind of like it was my internship. It was my internship. Right. I got to go and hang out and do my in and learn, you know, speak, learn, you know, and you never know where it's going to go. So that's my thing is show up everywhere, apply to speak everywhere and get practice on on your speaking skills in real time. And then I will wrap this up with this. If you videotape yourself, like I said, and if you really want to take your skills to the next level, right? If you really want to take your skills next level, videotape yourself and then give it to someone to critique you, who would critique you honestly, right? Who would critique you honestly. I remember I videotaped one and Kevin saw it one. That was a train wreck. <laughs> I go, yeah, really, it was, man. It, it got off. Oh, it was, it was, it was bizarre, man. Uh, but I, you know, it's like, he would tell me the truth, you know, um, because I always remember like Tony Robbins, uh, when he's given a talk, especially in LA, uh, he has people show up and take detailed notes of his speech and give him feedback afterwards. Right. And it's not Tony, you're great. You know, we love, he, he's got 8,000 people in the room doing that shit. Right. It's somebody pointing out how you could be better. Your energy dropped. You know, maybe you went too long in this bit. You know, a uh, uh, couple of you met John Oda. Uh, uh, he was Tony. He was in the coaching world with Tony. He was one of Tony Robbins' top coaches for a while, and that's he really. That's how I met him. And he 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 was there, and he he watched one of the interaction with Tony and one of the directors who was a film director. Cause, you know it's tony robbins right and he lived in la at the time and so he goes yeah then he goes you can overhear some of the notes they were they were pretty brutal you know and uh yeah and uh yeah billy just put up there get if, if you could ask somebody give me good feedback from someone you're really not good friends with right you know and and they're out there's a few people out there right and so, uh, so yeah. So anyway, speak everywhere. Speak as often as you can. Start, you know, they're they're reaching out right now. I think it's HypnoBiz in. They're going to be in June. I know they're taking uh, ap applications to speak. And um, and always and when you start, if you've never spoke at conferences and you're just starting out, take the actor's attitude of you audition twenty to twenty five times for every callback. So you figure you got to audition 20 or 25 times before you even get asked back in the room, maybe for a part, if you're unknown, right? Maybe for a part. And then all those callbacks, you're going to do five or 10 of those before you get offered a part, right? And I can tell you from that, getting back into that field in the last couple of years, I just finished four movies and I got two on tap and things, but I've auditioned, I've sent it, the, the way you audition for movies now with these, the way you do it online, I've sent in over 200, right? And some of them you never hear from, you know, it's, you know, it's like you never hear back. So don't take it personal, you know, that if you don't get chosen. Uh, but again, if you go to a lot of conferences, a lot of times it's the topic. Elsa Meldridge from the Guild, he was the main, he's still the main guy for their, for the conference. He goes, it's a close between the presenter and the topic. 
if you come in with a good topic at a good time, they're going to want it, you know, or a topic, you know, that they need like marketing, you know, how to make money in this business. Those are always popular, right? Because my joke is you could be at any of the big conferences in one room, there's a guy teaching on how to make six figures as a hypnotist, right? And his, his room will have 15 people. Next door, there'll be somebody talking about channeling angels and there'll be, you know, 75 people in the room, right? So it's kind of interesting what people want, but, you know, the, but when you look, the people that are, those 15 people that are in the room on how to make money in hypnosis will be the people you'll see over and over and over again at different conferences. So anyway, but it's the topics of what topics hot, what topics on the horizon. I know, you know, it seems like people are very interested in, you know, uh, coming back from COVID, how COVID affects your business, how COVID affects your family, how COVID affects this. How co Just pick a topic, whatever you're good at. If you're, if you're good with kids, you could say COVID and children, how COVID, and then do your research. There's a good topic there. People want that, right? Um, uh, in fact, that's where, what's her name reached out from HypnoBiz, say, would I speak on uh, COVID stress? Because I've done a few Facebook lives and I did say, I'm doing a Bill Clinton. And now as they say, I'm done. And you add one more thing. The other thing you should start doing is Facebook lives. So a couple of week, right? The great thing about Facebook lives, I always do them out at the barn with the horse horses because people love horses. So they may watch it, not for me, just to see the horses because they have, uh, they have better uh, screen time than me. Uh, but the other thing, if you do one you don't like, you could just take it down right away. There's a couple I've posted. I'm like, eh, I don't like that because I said something stupid. I just when I, I just delete it when I get home, All right? So, but that gives you that gets you over the fear, right? And again, you never, you never know where the Facebook Live will lead. Everything is is building your, your base. So that's all I wanted to kind of talk about today is building that and reaching out, trying to do, to take your speaking to the next level and always stress, speak, um, practice, take, take classes in it if you want to be a speaker, but mainly start getting uh, stage time, stage time, stage time, stage time, because that's where you learn. Ah, I will stop the recording now. All right, just had a question. I turned the recording back on. What oh. happens if you get a heckler, right? Or somebody, you know what I've seen at conferences? You don't really get hecklers. You get people that want to take over your talk, uh. right? They want to take over your talk from the back of the room or from the middle of the room. Um, how do you handle that, right? Uh, first of all, before you speak, you should make sure you're in your circle of excellence. You're in your zone of power. You're ready to kick ass and take names no matter what, right? And you put in your mind, when you're on this stage, this is your turf. This is your stage. It's not their stage. This is your stage. You know, as my other dear friend, Richard Bandler would say, in, in your mind, you're constantly thinking your ass is mine. Right? You're here to learn from me. Um, let me teach. Right? And it's like, it changes your mindset. Sounds kind of cold, but that kind of works for me. And I've had that happen where people want to start taking over. Yeah. Right. Um, I say this is why you want to get stage time because you have to practice it. There's a fine line. You can let people share, but if they start taking over, right, you just got to 
you got to shut them down. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just got to shut them down. You know, one time it happened at a conference where I looked at them and said, last time I checked, I'm the one supposed to be giving the talk here. <laughs> you know, and the person, uh, you know, I'm like, you know. Be direct. Yeah. Yeah. Billy. Yes. Uh, hopefully uh, I'm coming through without any interruptions uh, like we've had in previous Zooms. But uh, uh, no, uh, having talked at the Guild a few years um, and, and a few other venues, I've had people interrupt frequently with questions. And uh, if that happens, um, usually, usually I try and downplay it like, uh, that's a very good question. And if you can just hold on to that thought for about another five minutes, I think I'm going to give you an answer. And just very nicely, say thank you that's a wonderful idea validate what they're what they're saying yeah. and and hopefully I'm, I'm not really lying and in, in, in most cases but uh because the way i'm talking i can usually steer around to uh, uh perhaps cover what they're asking about as well but i've just found out a way to politely but if they keep yeah. doing that uh, say you know by the third time he said you know what you have some very good questions but i'd appreciate it if you just hold those until the end because we only have another 20 minutes left and I have at least 20 slides to get through. And so you've handled it nicely. And, and if they come back again and say, I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to get through this for the people that want to hear this information. Well, and then oh, good. Yeah. yeah. And what you do is also too, you know, if you were taught the right way to speak is it's your stage. You set the beginning. You say, look, here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through this information. Any questions, as Billy said, hold those till the end because I need to get through this stuff right here. Sure. Right. If you want questions, you can ask, you can say that, right? If you want questions in. But again, you want the stage time because questions may take you into a totally different direction, right? Yeah. So that's up to you. You could just say this. But then, too, when someone asks a question, you can use the spatial anchoring. That's a very good question. Let's just put that aside for right now. Can you do that with your hands? Because people will, it, it spatially moves it, right? All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. The other thing you can do is the old, so if you're, if you're in your talk and you've, uh, and you could, uh, you, you might want to like, look like you want a question, but you really don't want a question to be honest with you, right? So you could do the old, so are there any questions, right? Are there any questions? And you and do a downward motion, downward inflection in your voice, right? It it works. It's one of those linguistic twicks, twists that like it shouldn't work, but you know. So and again, I've done this at conferences where somebody asks a couple questions, you know, and you could tell they're about to ask you. Turn to them and go, "That's a great question, Becky. You know, that's a great question. So, are there any more questions? And then you just move on, right? And it does a pattern interrupt in their head. And then what the trick is, the minute you say, so are there any questions? Nope, let's move on. And then jump into another topic. Uh, right? Okay. Okay. Thank you. I've also, both. I've also found that when, um, when somebody is like, uh, like she said, a heckler, um, if I turn it on them, you know, say you're speaking and they're like, you know, they have a disbelief or whatever, like they're, you know, they're just there to try to prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. And you turn it on them and say, 
why do you believe that's wrong? Now that's putting them in the center of the spotlight instead of them putting the spotlight on us and they get a little nervous and they back down. So. Oh, oh, this is all great feedback. I appreciate it. Thank you all. Well, yeah. and the other thing you can do at the beginning of a talk <clears throat> is you, 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 I always teach like, you know, center yourself, ground yourself, put your energy out there. It's your stage, right? And then after you're introduced, hopefully you get introduced, right? So you're standing there, right? Do not be afraid to take a moment to just stand up. That's power. That's power, right? Every actor's terrifying fear is to be on stage with nothing to say. And it takes you 20 years to figure out that's when you're really acting is when you're not saying a word, right? And then everybody, and plus it quiets the crowd, right? Because you get introduced, you know, like since we're talking about conferences, people are talking because, you know, Cheryl hasn't seen Billy in two years. So they're kibitzing over here and Lori is talking <laughs> to Stanley over there. That's normal. No big freaking deal. It's it's not about you. It's people are talking. So, you know, so you jump up on stage, you get introduced and then people are still talking. Right. Well, you yeah. could say, everybody, come on, let's look, let's bring it together. Or you could just stand there. Right? And if somebody keeps talking, like if it was Carolyn, you just make eye contact with, with where they're sitting and don't say a word until they, because then generally, if it's, if there's say 40 people in the room, a couple of them around them will shut them up. Yeah, true. Right? Your pressure. <laughs> and I've done that a few times at a conference where I don't know people, just, I just stand there. For, one time is like two minutes, which seemed like an eternity. Then when it got quiet, then I just said, and I think I stole this from someone. It's like, and now that I have your attention, and then I got, then I got started, right? And again, the other thing is, the other thing you might want to do is, 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 well, since we're talking, I'll just say it like, okay, when you, if you're going to give a talk, you, you think like a movie or a play, think like a movie or a play. You need a, a strong opening. Right? If you watch how movies have changed in the last 30 years, right? Yeah. used to be movies started slow and they built to a crescendo and then you had the climax at the end. Right, That's what movies were. Right Now, how many times you've walked into a movie and there's some huge scene right at the beginning? Star Wars started it. It starts in the middle of an epic space battle. You don't know who the good guys are. You don't know who the bad guys are. It's just, ah, right? So you could you start strong. It grabs people's attention, right? And then realize that you got to take them through the different, just like in a movie or a play. Then it goes down, and you go, and you got to build it back up, and then it comes down. It's like a show. You know, Kevin and I used to clash at it because I said it's a show. When you're giving a talk, it's a mini play. It's a mini show, right? True. And when you think of the good trainers, the Tony Robbins, the the the, the um, Brandon Burchard's, it's like, it's entertaining. They give you good information, but it's entertaining, right? Yeah. And so you're, you're, you're taking your space, you're claiming it, and then you're, you're taking them on a trip, yeah. right? And so you start strong. And I remember I was at this, um, oh, what is it called? It's where they book college speakers, right? And I wasn't there to, I wasn't speaking. I, I forget who was there talking. So I just showed up and it was in, Indi in Indianapolis, if I remember right. And um, 
a guy, you know, had a guy up there. It, 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 what it is, you get to give up, you get to give like 10 minutes, a 10 minute preview talk. And then all these people in the room that book college speakers or, or acts, right? So you had comics up there giving 10 minutes of comedy. Of ventu- I don't remember there's a ventriloquist there. He was funny. So all these people are doing their stuff, you know, um, uh, and some motivational speakers, right? Um, and my friend was there, he's a stage hypnotist. So what can you do in 10 minutes, right? But he was doing a stick. He books a lot of shows or used to. But then there was one I saw. It was like this Olympic gold medalist, former gymnast Olympic gold medalist, who was going to talk on dynamic presentations, you know, how to be a dynamic speaker. I thought this would be interesting. You know, so I'm standing there. He walks out on stage, right? And uh, uh, you ever seen gymnasts? They're usually little people, right? Yeah. Are, I don't want to say little people. That sounds bad. They're, they're not. Well, anyway. But he, you know, he would look like a gymnast. He's real buff. But he walked out like this. Okay, today I'm going to talk about being a dynamic public speaker. And this went on for like 10, 20 seconds. And the audience, you're feeling for him. You're like, this is a train wreck, right? And he goes, excuse me. Let me start over. And he walk, and he does, you got a picture of a gymnast. He walks to the side, hits the corner of the stage, pivots, run back, jumps, does a tuck, lands almost like a superhero, jumps up and goes, you know what? It's how you start. That guy must have booked 200 gigs just from, you know, and oh. he talked about it's the setup. He goes, when I, and then of course he told Olympic stories because always tell from your strength. He goes, you know, it took me a couple of while to figure out I got to start like I own the, the gymnasium, you know, the venue where I'm when you're doing whether it's the pole, whatever the gymnast do. I don't remember. But I still remember he walked over, pivoted, ran back, did a tuck, landed like the superhero. Boom, jumps up and goes, ladies and gentlemen, and something like that. about It's how you start. You got to start strong. You got to finish strong. Da, da, da. And then I don't remember the rest of the talk, but that's in my head. Right. So he put together a dynamic opening, yeah. right? And as hypnotist NLPers, we've got that. You could do something gutsy at a, at a conference that most people don't do, right? Uh, what, what I'll close with, and I swear to God, this is it, because I, <laughs> I got another call. I, if nothing else, you want to do something fun at conferences, and let's say you're speaking on a topic, start with a demo. Start with a demo, right? It's just fun to watch, you know, and, and it lets people know you're not afraid. So, you know, just start with some kind of demo. I've done it a lot and say, so who here has a problem they want to change? Goodbye. And then everybody's got a problem. God knows hypnotists are wounded people generally. I don't mean that badly. All therapists are. That's what brings us <laughs> into the field, right? And, uh, so do a demo. So anyway, that's enough. So speak as often and as, as many places as you can. Have fun with it, right? And now because we're in COVID, you don't have to spend the, you know, $700 airline ticket and $500 in hotel rooms and, and time away. You could, you could speak online. So again, start looking at all these little conferences that are going on and start applying, applying, applying. 